Women Taking the Lead, episode 166. I mean, get comfortable with the downs because they're the ups and downs come in life. And I think not that you want to get comfortable, but at least get used to them happening. And it's not a tragedy. It's not doesn't have to turn into a drama. Even when your life's falling apart, know that even if you're at your rock bottom, guess what? There's only one way to go, and that is up. So that's the good news. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Every child wants to be the hero of their own story. At JulesCustomBooks.com, your child plays the central role in every book, bringing joy and delight when they hear their name and those of their family and friends. Visit JulesCustomBooks.com to make your child the star of the show. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Dr. Amy Kanata, who is an international coach innovative life strategist, and number one international best-selling author for her book titled Perspective, From Ruin to Resilience. She is also a podcast host and a blogger for the Huffington Post. She is passionate about teaching you how changing your perspective can turn tragedy into personal transformation. Focusing on resilience, perseverance, and positivity, she has personally developed a signature coaching program using her dream framework, the same strategies she used herself to transform from domestic abuse victim to victor, doctor, and entrepreneur. Her personally developed coaching programs that combine her expertise as an intuitive, holistic chiropractor, business owner, and life coach. When she is not getting caught red-handed with her hand on her secret stash of Sour Patch Kids or getting glares from her teenage daughters for dancing around the kitchen, she can be found enjoying nature. Amy, such a pleasure to have you here. And that is just a little overview for everyone on who you are. So tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, I can tell this is just going to be a delightful, very upbeat, probably filled with a a lot of humor and laughing uh, conversation. So thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here um, and excited to to talk about leadership. This is, it's like such a great topic. I love it. And I'm really excited to be here. So thank you very much for having me, first of all. Um, I guess the humble beginnings part, people that that don't um, know anything about me, I grew up on a farm in rural Connecticut. And when I say rural, I mean, most people don't realize Connecticut is rural or we do have rural, rural areas. Some people think it's just like Hartford and like the insurance capital and hustle and bustle. But Um, I grew up Mm -hmm. in a really small town. I graduated, my class was 70 people, very, very small and grew up on a farm. And that was my humble beginning. And honestly, it's, it's really, really funny because a lot of, a lot of the traits that I have, as much as it's funny growing up, I wanted so badly to get off the farm because it's just, it was just, I knew at an early age, it wasn't the life I wanted to lead. Um, But looking back on it now as an adult and retrospectively, a lot of the character traits that I have that have, that I would say are part of what make me a leader are the traits and lessons I learned from 
living life on the farm, which is really interesting because I fought so hard for so long to get off of that and out of that situation. And now looking back on it, it's like I learned so many valuable lessons um, about life on the, on the farm. So that's a little bit about my my humble beginning, I guess. <laughs> yes, and you you mentioned in your bio, and I'm sure you're going to go into it that you know it, you're helping people take their personal tragedies and turn them into triumphs. And I often say that to my clients too. It's sometimes our worst experiences that teach us so much because it's 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 when we're in those experiences that a part of ourselves we weren't aware of before comes forth to help us overcome it. And if we had never had those challenges, we would have never accessed that part of ourselves. So it's important sometimes to look back on on those events and say, well, yes, I would never wish for them and I would never wish them on my worst enemy, but my goodness, what I learned about myself and what I can take forward and apply to what I have going on now, that those things really tend to be a blessing. So yeah, I have my own humble beginning stories and be like, wow, I couldn't wait <laughs> to, to get out of that situation, but look at who it made me now. So I love that you you shared that, Amy. And clearly you've come a long way from that humble girl on a rural farm in Connecticut to what you have going on now. And I'm sure your bio probably only even touches upon a lot of the successes and the accomplishments that you've made. And I can hear how confident and bubbly and passionate you are about your life now. But I was wondering if you could um, start us with a story that tends to level the playing field, right? Because we all face those times in our lives when we, we play small. We don't recognize our, our gifts, our talents, our strengths, and we undervalue ourselves and hold ourselves back a little bit. So Amy, if you don't mind, can you take us back and share with us your playing small story and the lessons you've learned from it? Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> my, gosh, it's, it really started, my playing small story really started, um, when I was 29 years old and I was, I had had my second daughter and I guess another thing I should share is that I was a straight A student, but a college dropout. So <laughs> as much as I wanted to get off the farm, um, I, I spent my first year of college miserable and I, I ended up dropping out of college at 19 and, um, moving away. And I remember at that time, my, my mom said, you know, one of the biggest things that, I struck me as like, you know, don't turn into poor white trash was the thing because I, I just was escaping. Like I just wasn't happy. So I spent, I spent the next 10 years having all these different odd jobs and I got pregnant, um, had my daughter, had one daughter. And then a few years, a couple of years later, I had, an, had my second daughter. And I remember I was 29 and I woke up one day and I was like, I, I think it was, it was actually after my grandmother passed away. Now, growing up on the farm, my grandmother was more like my mother figure than my mom because my mom had to work. And so when I lost my grandmother, I went into this kind of like this soul searching mode. And I realized not that being, uh, not that being a mother's playing small because it isn't, uh, I don't want to give the audience the wrong impression, but I knew like something inside me was like, you know, gosh, I have a brain and I'm, and I know, I knew on some level I was smart and I knew on some level something was calling me internally that I knew I was destined for more. I just didn't, I didn't know what it was at the time, but I just knew there, there was something that was really uneasy. 
Like, you know, and maybe, maybe it was like, okay, you're 29 and you're going to be 30. And like, what are you going to do with your life when you grow up kind of thing? But, um, I just remember this kind of this pulling this unease, like there's something more for your life. There's something more, there's something more. And that's happened to me several times, um, in my life. Um, even back, I'm thinking back now, um, when I was 13, I had contemplated suicide when my parents got divorced, not to be really, not to be heavy, but I remember always thinking, you know what, my parents were 17 and 18 when they had me and could have easily chosen, you know, not to. And I just remember that thinking to myself, God's put me on this planet for a reason. There's a reason why my parents didn't, you know, chose to have me, chose not to give me up for adoption or whatever the other options were. And that always, that one thing, whether, you know, whether you believe in God or you're spiritual or whatever you believe in, I knew my whole life that I was destined for more. I don't know why. I don't know what gave me that impression. Like, who am I to think I'm destined for more? I just knew I had more to give, I guess what it was. So that's when I decided, I just made the decision to figure out what that was, which at meaning at 29 years old, 30, almost 30 years old. I, I spent some time trying to figure out what that was. And that led me to chiropractic world that led me to, I'm going to go back to school to get my doctorate. And it was really, it was comical because my, my family was like, well, how are you going to do that? You have, at that time I had a, my, my daughter was, were three and like 18 months old. And my, my family was like, wait a minute, you, you dropped out of college. You have to go back and start over basically. And you want to keep going like to get your doctorate. Like that's a lot of school. That's a long time. How are you going to do that as a mom? Like all this stuff. And I just, I, I, I didn't know how I just knew I had to do it. I went, I, the pieces fell into place, call it divine intervention. I went to work for a chiropractor. I fell in love with the profession before I even started school. And one day he said to me, have you ever thought about being a chiropractor? And I was like, oh, you know, it just hit me. It was that sign. You know, sometimes in life we look for signs, like what's the sign? That was the sign that I needed to say, yep, I'm doing it. That's the sign. I'm signing on the dotted line. I'm going to fill out my application. I don't know how it's going to happen. I didn't worry about the how. I just knew I had a drive inside me to stop playing small. Yeah. And sometimes that's exactly what it looks like, Amy. I love that you tell that story because oftentimes we don't know what it's going to look like on the other side. We don't know how it's all going to happen. All we know is I have to take this step. And I've definitely had those experiences in my life where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know in which, you know, why I need to go in this direction. But whenever I think about going in a different direction, I feel sick to my stomach. (laughs) So I know this is what I'm meant to be doing. Sometimes that's all the information you have and you just have to put one foot in front of the other. And I love how you also underscore that, you know, being a mom, that's a, that's a tremendous role and it's an honor and it's a responsibility, but it's a facet right. of who you are. It's not all of who you are. And I think as women, we have to, we have to recognize and honor that we are not just one thing. We are just not, we are not just two things. We are multidimensional mm-hmm. and all of those parts of us need attention. Absolutely. 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 And, you know, and I think it's funny too, I, I think sitting here thinking it's, it's playing small or having small moments, I think sometimes can be relative, 
because I look, I look at what I have accomplished and I still, you know, even to this day, and it's not a, it's not a lack of confidence, trust me, it's not a self doubt, but I still think, you know what, I'm still in some ways, like I could still do more. I could still be bigger. You know, one of my goals right now moving forward is to get on more stages to speak. I haven't done that. I I've been on a few, I've given a couple talks, but I mean, I'm talking, you know, up leveling that even. So I think sometimes it's, you know, it's relative to where you are in life and business at the moment. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. We could go on with this forever. Cause I'm just like, my mind just started going in all these different directions and this could easily turn into a two and a half hour interview, <laughs> which I know both of us don't have time for that today. So I'm going to move on and I will, I promise we'll come back to the, to that at some point. But what I'm interested in next, Amy is, you know, that, that wake up call moment, we've all had them for some of us. They're, they're like light bulbs that go off and we're like, aha, that's exactly it. And for some of us, it's a slow awakening. Mm-hmm. The universe universe has to send us message after message <laughs> before it finally dawns on us, oh, this is what I need to do. But there's always a moment where we're ready to take action. So if you could share with us your uh, the story of your wake-up call and the steps you took that led to your success, that would be amazing. Oh, my gosh. Well, my biggest wake-up call came May 21st, 2002. And it, it's actually the first chapter of my book, perspective. Um, that was my biggest wake up call in my life. And so I'm going to talk about this. Um, May 21st, 2002, I was actually sitting, I was about to finish up my first year of chiropractic school. And I was sitting there taking a final exam and I went to school at a, uh, one of the top five kind of like big cities in Connecticut, a lot of crime goes on there. And I was sitting there and trying to take this exam and my, um, the police sirens going, were going off and like, you know, sirens and, and everything. And they're getting louder and louder. And most of the time, you know, none of us really thought anything of it. Cause that kind of happened daily around campus. But this particular moment, <laughs> the sirens started getting louder and louder and louder. And I remember at the, to the point of real distraction, like you can't even, your eardrums are starting to vibrate. So I look up and my professor in the front of the room and one of my friends, as soon as I look up, they're like, I've got four eyes staring at me and I'm like, and they're just nodding their head. And they're like, with that look like you need to come now. And I was like, oh no, like this is about me and the sirens like this can't be good, right? This can't be good. So I finished taking my, I filled in the little bumbles with my number two pencil, you know, like we've probably all done at some point in our lives. And I raced down to the front of the room. And I, when I walked out of the, the room, the lecture hall, the, the, the hallway that I walked into was all glass windows on one side. And I could see probably six or seven police cars right in front of the building with their sirens on and police officers running everywhere on their walkie talkies yelling the buildings on lockdown and all this other stuff. And long story short, it was my, my then husband who, um, I was, as I mentioned in my bio, um, had a, has have a domestic violence background and he had showed up at school that day armed and in camouflage unbeknownst, you know, unbeknownst to really to me at the time, obviously I was really shocked and, that was it. That was the moment that I said enough is enough because no one knew at that point in time, including myself, 
how volatile the situation was. And a lot of my, well, my friends at school, my professors, and no one even knew that I was suffering from this because I kept that side of myself a secret because quite honestly, I was ashamed and humiliated. Here I was this highly educated woman, or at least so I thought. Um, and from the outside, everything looked great. You know, I'm going to school to be a doctor. I'm going towards my dreams. I've got two beautiful daughters and all this stuff and everything looked great. And I was hiding, I was hiding this whole other side of my life. So that was really the moment that I, and I just remember thinking, I will never be in this place again. I will never be in this situation ever again. And not only am I never going to be in this situation, when I get to a point in my life and I, I was, I made the decision. I was like, I don't care at this point in time, whether it takes me five years, 10 years or 15 years to finish this degree, I'm going to finish it. And not only am I going to finish it, I'm going to finish it the to the best of my ability. And when I have a point in time in my life to come back and share what I've learned from that experience, um, to others, when I feel ready and fully healed from this and ready to kind of take on this, the lessons that I learned about resilience and, um, what I teach now, uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it with full force. And so I graduated with honors and then I just went on to like, I'm going to be the best version I can. And part of it honestly was human nature of I'll show him, I'll get even, I'm going to be super massively successful. And part of it was really, I need to lead by example for my daughters. So I had two things really driving me at that point, which was my daughters can't see me fall apart. Um, like completely fall apart. I mean, they've seen me be very honest and open with them about struggle, you know, about, you know, being human and you have to cry sometimes, but I didn't want them to see me completely fall apart because they needed one parent to be strong in that situation. And I kind of had to be that strength for them because I, I know I'm like, daughters watch their mothers to really lead by the example. And I knew at that point in time, I had no choice not only for myself, but for them and for the future of people. And honestly, Jody, like I wouldn't even be here today, like 14 years later, if I hadn't made that decision back in 2002, which is crazy. I know. Oh gosh, Amy, you know, it's those ugh, moments. And that's why I'm so grateful that Brene Brown, you know, overcame her wanting to be, you know, unknown um, and that she got really vulnerable in that first TED talk she did, because ever since then, her like what she's taught us about shame mm -hmm. and how shame keeps us silent. Mm -hmm. And in the moments when we need people the most, we're hiding and protecting ourselves because we're afraid that if people know this thing about us, they they'll treat us differently and, you know, we'll lose um people's self-respect and, you know, that causes not just women, but I, I want to focus on women for a little bit here because this is the Women Taking the Lead podcast, but it causes so many women to not reach out mm -hmm. to others for support and for help. And, you know, one thing that came to my mind earlier when you were talking about like, and, and I want to go to the next level and I want to do more, you know, and we only have so much time in the day and, but we all have this desire to, to, to be bigger and to do more. And what popped into my mind instantly was, and we do that by collaborating with others, right? Right. By connecting with others, by, by, you know, you're going to get on more stages when more people out there know you want to get on more stages mm -hmm. and they're going to help you do it. 
And when we let shame run the show, we don't do that. Right. That is so, so true. Absolutely 100% so true. Yeah. And so the work for a lot of us is to overcome that. Mm -hmm. And, and how do you, how do you keep that going? Because obviously you're, you, you've not allowed domestic violence into your world since then, Mm -hmm. but there are other areas where shame can creep up and you got to be vigilant about it at times. What do you do to make sure that that's not, that creep isn't happening again? Oh my gosh. This is, I love this question. I absolutely love this question because, and I say this all the time, even to, um, my coaching clients, I say, you know what? I'm as much of a student as I am a teacher. Um, the word doctor in Latin translates to teacher. I value that position. I think teachers are the thought leaders in our society. And I, I really value a lot that responsibility of being a teacher, but I am a student and I'm constantly learning, constantly learning about myself. And honestly, I think the, I mean, to answer that question, the, the, the biggest uh, thing that I do, I think on a, I don't need to do it on a daily basis anymore, but when that stuff creeps in, I mean, cause let's face it, no matter how successful you are, the self doubt creeps in. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just a fact, whether you you're making a million dollars or you're not, or you're a multimillion, it doesn't matter. You always, there's always those times when you have like this self doubt, I guess, like I wouldn't call it shame anymore. I would call it self doubt. Like, am I doing the right thing? Is anybody listening? And, you know, when those times come, I just say, just keep going. Don't ask, don't stop to ask yourself the question because you know what? You can get caught up in the rabbit hole of trying to figure out the answer instead of spending your time just moving forward. So that's my, I guess that's my quick and dirty answer. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. You know what? And I, and I would add to that. If you're asking yourself that question, the answer is yes, I am. (laughs) You know, like, am I good enough to be doing this? Well, I'm asking the question. So in the question lies the answer. Exactly. Right. Cause if you really weren't good enough, you probably wouldn't even bother asking. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. That is. Oh, and Amy, you've come a long way and you like work in a lot of different areas and you're transitioning and your career path and, and what you're trying to create in the world. So I'm wildly curious on how you would describe your leadership style, given everything you've gone through and where you want to go from here. Oh gosh. Well, that's a great question. I would say my my leadership style really is I I've said this from gosh a really long time it, it, I can't can't even remember is leading by example and inspiring and motivating others through through actions and you you never know who's watching and you never know the impact you're making. So, for example, the other day, you know, I've been doing Uh, Facebook videos for like the last year before Facebook live. And, you know, I was doing a lot of recording, recorded videos. I do something called worth it Wednesday. I was recording those and uploading them to YouTube and then posting them on Facebook, like tips and everything. I've been doing video for a really long time and well, a year, I guess that's not a long time, but what the funny thing was is that just by me doing those videos, I've had women reach out to me and say, you've inspired me to do more videos, to get in front of people and not hide. And so that's really my leadership style is leading by example. And never, I, I've never, 
I never approach a relationship where it's always like I am above or better than you. Even in my doctor patient relationship, when I had my practice, it was never like I am the doctor. And I mean, sometimes you have to, you know, express your authority when, if, if it's really a safety or a health concern, yes, I have to say, you know what, I've got to put my doctor hat on and this is how it really is. But the fact is that, you know, even when, before I was a doctor and I was, I was managing a retail store, it was always this idea of let's, let's have a round table discussion about the decisions that we need to make. It was, you are my you're my equals. You are, I am not the, the, you know, I'm not the manager. I'm the manager. Yes, per se. And I have to put my manager hat on when things are needed, but it's just always been like, well, what do you, you know, what do we think as a community? What would work best? And, um, if I still approach, approach things that way and I still approach coaching that way, um, I'll, uh, and consulting. If I think one of my clients needs more of a consult a consulting mentoring kind of thing where it's just like a tough love situation. I'll say, you know what, I'm going to push you. I'm not going to push you over, but I think there's areas for growth. Let's talk about it. So that's kind of my style, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Leading by example, including people, collaborative, Mm -hmm. and that makes perfect sense given where you want to go and how you want to interact with your community. And, and speaking of where you want to go, Amy, what's one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us? Oh my gosh, I am so excited like I am so excited about this and I'm so excited you asked. I I am just launching a- actually something called a dream framework and that's why I included it in my bio. It's brand new. I'm actually working on a trademark for it. Um it is a very simple five-step framework that anyone can use and and anyone no matter what stage of life or business they are in can apply to help you be more resilient. And for me, the word resilience encompasses courage and tenacity. It's not just, you know, it's not just resilience by itself. I think it encompasses a lot of different facets. I think encompasses, like I said, tenacity and courage and, um, audacity sometimes to go against the grain and be the leader. Um, like, you know, kind of think outside the box sometimes. I think that's part of being resilient, but honestly, it is the one trait that will make the biggest difference in your life and in your business. When you can practice this and get really good at bouncing back quick and asking yourself those right, I call them the right questions. If you ask different questions, you get different answers and you get greater results. So if you can think about how to ask yourself different questions, they'll lead you to different answers, a different perspective, and you'll get different results. And that's what my book is all about. But I broke down my book into a very simple five-step framework that I call DREAM, which is an acronym. And I'm getting ready to, I'm, I'm launching it. I'm really, really excited about it. And it's going to, right now, it's just, it's a, it's a PDF. It's turning into a group course and then it's going to be turned into a leveraged self-study course. So that's the track that it's on right now. Right now it's, I've beta tested it and got great reviews. Now it's getting ready to launch as it's a, it's a, right now it's PDF getting ready to launch it as a group it's kind of a hybrid mastermind one-on-one. It's not really, I wouldn't call it a course yet. Um, it's more like a program and um, really, really excited about that because it's just a really simple way, very rep- 
replicatable <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and simple for everyone to remember because you, you just remember the word dream and it's really easy. The acronym. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited you're doing this as well because it's been my experience and I've heard other successful people talk about this too, that, you know, the people who you know, become successful or they find success more quickly than others, they have that ability to overcome what's coming at us. We all face a lot of the same challenges, but some people are just better able to absorb and move beyond whatever's coming at them. And there's that Chinese proverb, I'm not going to say it correctly, but it's like, you know, fall down eight times, get up nine, you know, but there are some people, (laughs) but there are just some people too, they not only get up, but they get up quicker, Mm -hmm. right? It's, it's that space of time. And and that's something I'm, I'm going to be talking about in my own book. Like there, there are things that sidetrack us, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's, if we allow them to sidetrack us for too long, they will take us off course. But not enough people are talking about how to build resilience, how to develop that skill so things don't don't drag you down for so long. So I love that you're doing this and putting it out there for people to learn that skill mm-hmm. because it is it it's vital. It it is vital and it's funny because I what I what I have spent the last year doing, I mean reading every you know, book I could get my hands on, you know, from the book grit to the book rising strong. I mean, you know, I've read a lot of books about this topic and I thought, how do you teach an intangible trait in a, cause I'm very results driven, like mm-hmm. very results driven person because I really, I value people's investments in time with their time and their money. So I want to get them results. And I thought about how can I really how can you teach something that's an intangible trait? And I, I've broken it down and it's, like I said, it's very simple. And, and I'm, that's why I'm so excited about it. Cause it's taken me a long time to kind of research it. How am I going to teach this? You know, how do you teach a how to on something as big as a topic as this? It's like, how mm-hmm. do you teach vulnerability, right? Like Brene Brown does it really, really well. How do you teach resilience to people and can everyone learn it? And the answer is yes, um, it can be taught and yes, everyone can learn it. So love that. I'll be excited to, to hear more and see, see what comes of your, of your program. And Amy, on the flip side of things, that's the exciting stuff of what you have going on. But I think everyone enjoys a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, right? I'm always bringing on women who are like rocking it out and doing all these amazing things out in the world. And I think it's another dose of that, like, Hey, we're all the same. We all have very similar challenges going on. So I'm curious about what is your biggest um, leadership or business challenge that you're currently faced with? <laughs> That's a good question. Right now, I would say um, the bi- the biggest challenge is well, and and I and this is interesting. You know, juggling life as a single mom in, in business is always a challenge. <laughs> That's always a challenge. Um, but right now, I think it, right now. Honestly, if I'm being totally honest, it's how can I afford to hire another team member? It's really what's going on Mm -hmm. in my head because I'm kind of maxed out on time. And I, you know, I'm at that point where it's like, if I hire someone else, then I have to ramp up my game again so that I can pay this person. 
but I know, you know, you get to that breaking point where it's like, gosh, I really need to hire someone. I need to make the leap, but what if I make the leap? And then what if, um, the business like can't support this person and then I have to, you know, let them go. Like you just go through that whole thing. Right. So that's where I am right now. That's what I'm struggling with right now. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's a it's a rigmarole too because as you bring somebody on you have to ramp up the other areas of your business at the same time you have to give this person a lot of time and your attention and resources yeah. too <laughs> yeah so it's almost like you need to have a little bit of a cushion before you do it but you can't let it go too long because otherwise you just you're circling the drain you're not getting anywhere you're not going anywhere so I think that that thank you for sharing that and being so open with it because I think a lot of business owners and women who are entrepreneurs entrepreneurs are entrepreneurial because even women within organizations face this struggle of like, okay, we need a team member, but we don't have the resources to support them to know that, okay, other people are going through this too. Helps us sometimes to just calm down yes, it does. <laughs> and, and think about the problem in a new way so we can find a solution. So thank you yeah, for that. Yeah. And you mentioned bringing on another team member, and it could be within your business or or without, but I think another thing that this community is always curious about is like, what does the support system look like for these women who are really taking off? So Amy, if you could just briefly describe who are the people you have around you that help you to not only maintain your current level of success, but then to, to help you get to the next level as well. Oh my gosh. I love this question because it makes me laugh. If people knew the army of support that I have behind me, you would just, it's kind of funny. It's not, it's not, a. it's definitely not a one woman show. And, and I honestly don't want it to be. And because you know what, I'll tell you something. I'll be really honest in the beginning of being a chiropractor. When I first hung up, I, I got out of school. I hung my shingle up and I was like, I'm going to be in practice for myself. Cause I know I'm, I've always been an entrepreneur. I hung my shingle up and no one came. And I was like the one woman show. I was adjusting patients and they would leave and I would be making calls. And then I would, you know, do the billing on the back end for the insurance. Like it was all like, it was just like, how many plates can I juggle like a circus? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I did that for a really long time until I got, you know, almost got burnt out. And so I've learned that honestly, it takes an army. And I was talking to my friend, I don't know if you know her, Sherry Teagman. She, we were talking about it. This question came up and she's like, oh my gosh, I have an army too, literally. And it, and they're not all paid. So I just want to make sure that the listeners know I don't, I, I have a team that I pay, but I have an army of support. So, and I have actually learned, um, who I can count on. And, uh, one thing you, I mean, one thing to be aware of is be pay attention to the people who are cheering you on when you're doing well, because the ones that you think are your friends that maybe aren't, are not cheering you on because they're jealous. And then that's an issue. And I'm, I'm speaking to this from experience. So, because I've learned how to, I've learned who my inner circle of support is. And, and I have once a week calls with, with an accountability partner who is a very high achieving woman. And, and then I have, um, I have, I have a business coach who I pay. Um, and then I have just lots of, you know, friends and support that I can reach out to if I'm having a bad day. Um, along with, um, I, my, my significant other, my boyfriend who is also great. And, and so 
it takes an army, honestly, I've learned. And whether you're paying someone, whether you're, you know, and I have mentors. So, and they're not all paid and they're, they're mentors of people who don't even know me. So people like Marie Forleo, people like Gary V, I call them my mentors, even though they don't know who I am. They, I watch what they're doing. Um, Tony Robbins, like I watch what they're doing. And so that's part of the army of support that I have that, um, I think is really important for all. You can't Uh, do it alone. You just can't. No, I love that. I love that you mentioned the people who you don't pay and some of the people who don't even know you (laughs) exist because they are a part of our support system. They are. You know, they, they are in our, you know, I remember a friend of mine said like, Hey, if you listen to a podcast every day, that's one of the five people you surround yourself with. Exactly. You know, and, and it really got me to, it got me to look at like, you know, um, how I, I consume content as well. Like, I really think about like, who do I want to be inspired by? Who's done what I want to do? That's the person I want to be in their world. And if I can't be in their immediate environment, I want to be watching their videos, reading their books, listening to their podcasts, reading their blog posts, whatever it is, however, they're putting their stuff out into the world. I, I, I just want to surround myself with them. So Amy, that was a fantastic answer. Thank you. You're welcome. And now we're going to go into a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? Journaling every single day. What is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? I am reading a book from Barbara Stanny called Sacred Success, and it is mind-blowing. It is one of the best books for women leaders that I've ever read. Um, talks about leading from love versus leading from your ego. It's, it's phenomenal. It's called sacred success. It's by Barbara Stanny. Um, great book. I've got it on my list. All right. (laughs) And, And Amy, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) Uh, you know, I could, I would say, I I could say, you know, don't ever give up, but I think that was already, that was kind of was in me. I guess I would say, you know, just get comfortable with the ups and downs. I mean, get comfortable with the downs because they're the ups and downs come in life. And I think not that you want to get comfortable, but at least get used to them happening. And it's not a a tragedy. It's not, doesn't have to turn into a drama. Um, you know, it's like, even when your life's falling apart, know that even if you're at your rock bottom, guess what? There's only one way to go and that is up. So that's the good news, right? (laughs) That's been a theme I've been hearing a lot lately. And I, I, I'll throw out there what popped into my mind when you said this, because I'm glad you said it is I've been hearing a lot lately and giving this to my clients as well as get comfortable with being uncomfortable, yes. right? Because that's where success is. And that's, it's, that's where the personal growth is. That's actually yeah. where the magic happens. Absolutely. It's not, it doesn't happen when you're on top of the world, when you're succeeding, it happens. Your greatest area of personal growth happens at the bottom. I love that. Yep. And the other thing that came to mind when you were talking was because I do this myself when I'm like just in a, like a down, like you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh my God, I have to do this again today. It's, this is awful. <laughs> is I remind myself, 
this too shall pass. Yes. This, this is just a moment in time and it's going to go. Yes. And get, and I just get up and start, just start doing And it does. It passes. So true. I I use this. I actually, that's one of my business mantras is that everything is temporary. (laughs) Everything in life or business is temporary. Sometimes it's five years temporary. Sometimes it's six months temporary, but it really is. Everything is always, is, is temporary. And that's how I got through chiropractic school. I was like, all right, I've got four (laughs) weeks until I get a day off. Like I can all it's four weeks. That's it. It's temporary. And just taking off, it helps you take life in bites instead of trying to eat an entire buffet at once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well put. <laughs> <laughs> and Amy, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Oh, this is my favorite quote. And it's an, it's an anonymous quote. And it's, well, one of my favorites, Marianne Williamson has a couple that are my favorites too. But this one came to me when I was 16. And it is to be a star, you must shine your own light and don't worry about the darkness for that's when stars shine brightest. And it came to me at a time when I really needed to hear it most. It was a, it was a dark time in my life actually. And that is something that has gotten me through many times. It's a postcard. My, actually my mother gave to me when I was 16 and, um, And that's just something that has kept me going. Like even, you know, even if you don't feel like a star, we talk about the North star and a compass and following it. And just, you know, when, when things look tough, find a direction and just go there. And and so that's one of my favorite quotes only because I think it's really impacted my life throughout my life. There's been other quotes, some similar about shining your light and, and being, you know, giving others courage to do the same from Marianne Williamson, another favorite quote of mine, and I'm paraphrasing and not doing it justice, but along the same lines. So those are my favorites. Awesome. And lastly, Amy, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Best way to connect with me really right now, I've been hanging out a lot on Facebook. You can find me, my business page is Dr. Amy Kanata. Um, I've been doing a lot more live streaming videos there. You can find me there. You can, they can also find me on my podcast, which is called Concept to Cashflow. It is for entrepreneurs or anyone. I've got various guests who have taken an idea and turned it into a profitable reality because everything starts with an idea. When you think about it, you know, even the internet started with an idea. So we, I talk to all walks of life on the podcast. So they can find me there, find me on Facebook, um, or visit my website, amykanata.com. So. All right. And for those of you who are listening, I know you're often on the go or in the car. You know you can find all the links and resources that Amy shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. Just put Amy in the search tab and her show notes page will pop right up. Amy, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. It was such a blast. I loved it. And um, I really appreciate being here. Your website tells a story about your business. At Zebra Love Web Solutions, Millie and her team are going to make sure your website tells the story you want your customers to hear. Connect with Millie at ZebraLoveWebSolutions.com to create the impression you want to make. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life but need some support? Head over to WomenTakingTheLead.com forward slash contact to introduce yourself. 
And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me and here's to your success.